You are listening to the Ideas to Profits podcast, hosted by myself, Ross Blaine, and with my co-author, Dr. Paul Dick. And weekly, we have special guests to add to our conversations about the ideas inside I2P. Download all the latest I2P episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts. Good day, everyone. Today I'm doing something a little different on the Ideas to Profit podcast. Normally you hear Paul, it's that voice that comes across in the background with cogent comments, but today (laughs) I'm interviewing Paul. Why? Because every business needs entrepreneurs. They're people who will come up with ideas to make a company grow, improve their products. They're the ones who will say, what if? So, Paul, you've had a bit of a career as an entrepreneur. I have indeed, Ross. What do you think the characteristics of an entrepreneur are? What are your characteristics, Paul? Yeah, that's a really good question, and and I'll give you a really good example as well. But I I always think entrepreneurs are very curious. They're out-of-the-box thinkers. They're unconventional. Uh, They're self-starters. They're passionate about what they do. Uh, they're always eager to learn. Um, they like to do things with others that are kind of also eager to learn, and uh, they're also uh, they're also wanting to measure the success of their learnings as an entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur. Now you worked for Alanco. I think that's where you had your most entrepreneurial experience. Yeah, I've had a, I've had a few uh, corporate entrepreneurial experiences, but I worked for Alanco, which at the time was part of Eli Lilly and Company. And it was a, it, it was and is, is a great company. So, yeah, I was lucky enough to be put into a role of a team leader within an Apollo team, which was really designed to bring entrepreneurs together uh, to tackle areas and projects of, of focus that were unconventional targets to Alanco at that time. Uh, at that time, which was which was a few years ago now. Well, it's interesting because I'd done work with Lilly. And they were a company that really, really pushed the what-if idea with their employees. What if we did this? And then they put the resources behind the employees to do it. 3M, as we know, allows managers to spend 15% of their time developing new ideas. Did that translate over to Alanco? And how did you go about doing that? Yeah, no, I think I think Alanco... Um, was probably uh, played a really leading role in terms of how certainly the animal health part of, of Lily thought. I mean, um, that was a reason why they created, they called them Apollo teams, which again were focused on areas where it really did take entrepreneurs to say, well, how do we tackle these? Uh, this is a, kind of a, a, an area that has corporate uh, history um, or, or frankly corporate experience. And so, um, you know, so it took a whole different skill set. Uh, completely different targets and 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 really a, a different a different approach on a global level. So, as a p- entrepreneur, you mentioned earlier some qualities. One of them is passionate. Okay, yeah. how do you take that passion? Because some people can be really robust with their passion. They can be over the top with their passion. How did you, as a team leader, when someone came to you with a what if idea, Paul? 
how did you actually help them mature that idea, nurture that idea? Well, we had a pretty broad area of focus, and we really worked very much like a, a team, like a cohesive unit. So there was there was there was a fair number of us. We were in uh, Europe, U.S., Canada, and 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 we actually functioned while we were in different geographies, kind of as a, as the, as the same organism, if you will. So we bounced ideas off. Uh, we came up with what we thought were strategic targets, developed a plan around that, and then we collectively developed processes to implement the plan to achieve the goals, and then and then measure measure our success. So we had very clear goals, we had a strategy, and uh, and part of it was also celebrating success when it happened. So you know we planned, we targeted, we went on on succeeding, we celebrated. You know, it's interesting, you're being a little modest here, Paul, because from what I know, you were one of the people that they relied on that when somebody had a what-if idea, that they came to you to help that person champion it through. What are the qualities of a leader who wants to champion and get entrepreneurism as one of the major keys to their success? Right. So entrepreneurship really isn't one individual. It's it usually is a group, and it takes a group to, to do to, to do a lot of things just because of the complexity of the task at hand. So you have to be a good listener. You have to be a good facilitator. You have to critically think. Uh, you have to be like I, like I said earlier. You have to have a have a plan, and then you have to mobilize others within the organization uh, to be with you. And, and frankly, some of the ideas. You know, came from other parts of the organization that we then captured and 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 brought and brought forward. But it was the collective us that 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 did it, and that's what also made it very fun. It's interesting because you said something: ideas that came from other parts of the company. The one I love is 3M and masking tape, which really was a failed tape, and what originally was supposed yeah, to start yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And then they realized that they had a good product. But it took somebody to come up with the idea of a easily released tape right. that was waterproof or watertight and then bring it through. Now, it took somebody else to take that idea and cultivate it. Have you had any experience with that? Well, yeah, I mean, I think part of it, and I think what you're, what you're also getting at is you also have to be able to sell the organization on creative targets, creative products, creative services, creative approaches, because... Uh, entrepreneurs tend to be um, sometimes not aligned with how the corporation has done things in the past. If they're new approaches because they're new targets, etc. So you also have to be able to sell and convince your management uh, and the overall management that, the, that this, these are worthwhile targets and something the company should ultimately embrace. You know, a lot of times these entrepreneurial projects, you know, after a period of time, actually become you know part of the core fabric of the company and 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 you move on then to the next entrepreneurial area but but your entrepreneurial pieces are kind of born out uh, by way of brand new programs products etc within the within the heart of the main company it's interesting because there's a, a statement in our book from christensen that says there's a difference between uh innovative company and an innovative enterprise one of them spins lots of ideas and the other spins lots of cash, the enterprise. It, one of the things that seems to me that's important is 
to maintain that one of the first things you look at when someone brings you one of those what-if ideas, it is an idea that has to fit in the overall company strategy for how it's going to develop itself. You just can't take off-the-wall ideas and say we're going to launch a new division. Well, well, I mean, you, it, it can be stretched, right? I mean, if you look at my area, animal health and veterinary medicine, you know, there are areas that were outside of our core back then of, of the company I worked with, Alanco, and those are the areas that we were interested in, in exploring and seeing whether those whether Alanco should 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 pursue those areas. So, um, so so sometimes it does stretch the boundaries of what's of what is kind of part of the fabric of the company, what's part of the product. You know, ultimately, your your whatever your idea is, an entrepreneur has to have a value proposition, has to have clients, and and you know, and and to be successful in the long term. You know, it has to generate revenue and uh, for the for, for the for the company. You know, otherwise, you have to question, you know, why are are we doing it for the first place if it doesn't create customer value and return back to the company and shareholders. In today's business world, how important is it, in your mind, Paul, for leaders to foster entrepreneurism to? look and say, I'm going to set the resources aside, like 3M did, yeah, yeah. okay, like a number of other companies have, to do that. <laughs> I, one I love is Pfizer and our famous product, Viagra, which was a heart medicine to start off with. Not a very good one, but when they went to ask the, for the people to give the Viagra back, the older men would not give it back because they had other benefits and as we know, when they repositioned the product, I'd say it really stood up for itself, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I think that's, you know, that's part of the creativity of entrepreneurship. And, and you're talking about kind of product life plans and maximizing products, etc. And, and that certainly is part of being an entrepreneur. But the real, the, the larger part of entrepreneurship is, is a brand new area, brand new service a brand new thing that, that really isn't even part of the core company right now so it's it's saying the company in a, in a in a bold new direction that maybe after um you know after a period of time the company will either embrace in a larger way or maybe shut down because it just doesn't it doesn't work in terms of the customer or the, or the business of the whole so in our book paul we've got on page 46 our famous chart do you believe that that's really the steps that people need to follow as an entrepreneur comes with an idea to a leader looking to see whether it's going to have an impact. Is this an opportunity that... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's still... I mean, the basic steps that are, that are in, in the book on page 46, they're, they're basically the same whether you're working in, in, in turn, internally in the company on a, a sanctioned... Uh, product project that's always uh, you know part of the company whether it's it's brand new you still have to take the same the steps in terms of knowing your market you know planning uh, how you get it in the market planning your development having a strategy measuring performance being ready to pivot and change should should you experience failures or not optimal results so it's really the same skill set it's just you just have to think about it in a brand new way because you know it's it's a, it's a target that you've never pursued before it's in a market you might not, not understand and an area that the company isn't quite sure they should embrace at that point in time okay well paul 
our next guest on our next podcast is a gentleman by the name of Dino Miley. He is a real, I'm going to say expert or at least very comfortable at entrepreneurism and entrepreneurism. Dino runs Spark Niagara and a number of other both entrepreneurial and entrepreneurial ventures. So thanks, Paul. Thanks. It's been fun interviewing you it's for a change. always fun, and good luck with your interview with Dino. Bye, Dino. Bye. Join our online community at ideas2profits.ca where you can take advantage of workshops, complimentary downloadables, and monthly newsletters. And finally, should you require someone to do a keynote address to one of your associations or groups, Paul and I are available. We also have a series of workshops that will be downloaded from the website that you can absolutely provide to your staff in your working environments. Thank you again. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.